everybody. This is Jenna. And this is Noelle. And this is More Than Murder, where we delve into everything eerie with a side of true crime. More Than Murder is not your typical true crime podcast. Join us on a weekly tour through the haunted, the bloody, the creepy, and the nutty on our Freaky Fridays. Hello. Hello. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. So, while we're dancing and partying, I'm going to throw out a disclaimer. Okay. This is going to get explicit and be a little graphic, so listener discretion is always advised. Well, I'm stopping dancing. Yeah. Okay. I have a serial killer today. Oh, that's great. Little bit lesser known. Okay. I I didn't I didn't know who she was until I watched an episode of a show. I have heard other podcasts cover her, but... Okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, today we're delving into a boarding house of horror Mm -hmm. and a serial killer grandma who shocked California in the late 80s. Fucking 80s. Dorothea Puente. Yeah. And... She looks so unassuming. Right? Just like that little grandma-ly, grandmother-ly thing is going on with her. But she has some issues. Let's hear them. Okay. So we're going to start with her early life. She was born Dorothea Helen Gray on January, uh, in January of 1929 in Redlands, California. Okay. Saying her childhood was traumatic is a pretty large understatement. Both of her parents were alcoholics, not the most nurturing bunch, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, it's said that her father attempted to take his own life right in front of Dorothea, although the first time was unsuccessful. Um, it had to have been super traumatic. Absolutely. Awful. Awful. Uh, her father did end up passing away of TB in 1937, and tragically, her mother followed a year later in a car accident. So from the start, this girl was just, just getting pelted kid? with tragedy. Yeah. Yeah, she was, she was young. Yeah. Um, she was orphaned before the age of 10. Uh. Yeah. But that does not give her no, no any excuses. right to do what she does. Uh, so now it's roughly 1940. Uh, I can imagine orphanages were just not a super great place to be at that time. Mm-mm. Probably dingy and cold and just, oh, give me. Everything you see in Peter yeah. Pan movies and. And Annie. Annie. And, ugh, yeah. Awful. Um, by age 16, though, Dorothea splits. She is like, I'm out of here. I don't want to do this anymore. She meets a soldier named Fred McFall, and they married in 1945. Okay. So she's just like a child when she gets married. Mm -hmm. This marriage would produce two children, but they were both put up for adoption. Yeah, she did not want the children. She should know that an orphanage is not where people, kids would want to be. Um, by 1948, Dorothea was pregnant again. Um, this time she actually suffered a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. After that, McFall left her, picked up, and just just gone. Dorothea, now alone, uh, she starts to kind of get into the criminal scene a little bit, uh, trying to hustle, take care of herself. She's only like 19 at this point. I was going to say, and we're at almost 20 is here. Yep, yep. So she's still pretty young. She's trying to figure out how she's going to do life. Mm -hmm. Um, So she is caught forging checks. She is arrested and given a year sentence. 
which she only serves like six months of that and is let out. Yeah. So that's usually how it works anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but by 1952, she married the second time. Uh, the name is out there with the guy, but I just didn't include it. She'll get married like a bunch of times. <laughs> okay. Um, so this husband number two. Yes, <laughs> yes. She was a like scammy lady. Who definitely used everything that she did to her advantage. So I'm okay. probably sure these marriages were probably the same. Mm-hmm. Um, this marriage will last 14 years, but they're not great years. It's not a good marriage. Um, in the 60s, Dorothea starts getting into even more trouble. She's caught managing a brothel, and she's sentenced to 90 days in jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just, you know, there are, like, little stories inside of these, but I just wanted to hit on her early yeah. criminal activity because she's, she's just getting into trouble. Coming, yeah. yeah. Uh, after getting out, she starts working as a nursing aide, usually with the disabled and elderly. Uh, this will eventually lead to her managing boarding houses. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get into this horrible, horrible boarding house. So, just a little background. Boarding houses were a big thing in the 19th century. Basically, a place to get a room and board. Um, If someone had a huge house, they would likely rent out the extra space. So, even sometimes these women are just living in these huge houses or they have so many bedrooms that they'll put them up for rent and then they start their own boarding house. Mm -hmm. Dorothea, however, will be the one to take it up to a deadly notch. Okay. So, by 1966, Dorothea gets a divorce from her second husband and meets a man 19 years her junior. Oh. I'll get into, like, the age span. His name was Roberto Puente. That's where that last name comes in. Um, That was, like, the only last name that she really took, too, was his. So, at this point, she's got to be at least 40. Um, If he's, like, 19. Well, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, she's 37 and he's 18. Okay. Yeah. So young. Uh-huh. Young. Uh, and I'm not against an age gap. I have an age gap with my own husband. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a tiny age gap. I'm okay with age gaps. I'm just putting the info out there. Yeah, that's all I'm doing. Yeah. Um, this third marriage would only last two years. <laughs> she's she making kept moves, that name. I know, it's weird. She kept it all the way up through. Um, By 1976, which was about 10 years later, she was on to her fourth marriage. This is her last marriage. She's like, I'm done after this one. (laughs) But really, I think she just had a new scheme. Mm. Okay, so with this new scheme, it seems like all of her crimes are kind of around money. She needs money. She needs a good fast I guess, way to make money. Yeah, her first crime was forging checks. Yep, and then the brothel, Mm. and yeah. So this would be no different. She would scout out older men, usually pension, Social Security-aged men, wiggle her way in, then steal their benefits by forging their signatures. So she's upping in her Mm -hmm. criminal game a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, She would be caught, but she only gets probation for this. After already having been forging something right? before. Oh, wait. There will be Jesus. a fail in here. There's always. There's always, there always a fail. Are. There's yeah. always a fail. So, by 1980, she was still cooking up devious plans, mostly to collect money. She was running a boarding house at 1426 F Street in Sacramento. Uh-huh. 
In April of 1982, 61-year-old Ruth Monroe, who was a friend of Dorothea, moved in with her to the F Street home. It's kind of a nice and cool-looking place. It is. It's got, like, a cool feel to it. You can definitely yeah. tell it's, like, that Sacramento, California yeah. vibe. Um, only a short while later, Ruth Monroe was dead. Oh, my. Yeah. The cause of the death was said to be an overdose of codeine and Tylenol. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Dorothea, however, played it off that Ruth had been depressed. Mm-hmm. You know, said, died by suicide. Bam. That worked for her, kind of. Um, a few weeks later, police were called back to the residence when another boarder, 74-year-old Malcolm McKenzie, claimed to be drugged. I, I, well, I'm supposed I'm going to find out later, but it's weird because she's not, like, married to any of these people. She's killing them. Well, well, they haven't said so yet, but we would assume that she's killing them. But what does she get from it if she's not, like, married to them? How can she, she just then oh, starts will, forging their signatures? I'll tell you. All right. We'll get all there. Right, all right. Um, you know how she, we yell when we watch and listen to things. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just want to know. You want to figure it out for yourself. Yep. Uh, so this guy, Malcolm McKenzie, also claimed that Dorothea had stolen his pension. Okay. Dorothea was convicted on three theft charges and sentenced to a five-year term. Okay. But she got away with Ruth's murder. Mm. They never really... It was never yeah. a charge for her. But, I mean, with the circumstances around it. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, so, her shenanigans still did not stop by being sent to the big house. She began a pen pal relationship with 77-year-old Everson Gilmouth. Literally how it's spelled. Nice. And when she was released only three years later, he was there to pick her up. He picked her up in a 1980 Ford Red pickup. Keep that in mind. Okay? Okay. Ford Red pickup, 1980s. Yep. So, we're still in 1985. Dorothea hires an Ismael Flores. Sorry if I'm not saying that right. uh, To do some work around her house. Kind of like putting up wood paneling, handyman kind of stuff. She was, you know, this lowly old woman. She needed help. Mm-hmm. Um, once the work was completed, Dorothea paid Flores $800 and gives him a 1980 Ford pickup truck. Oh, my God. Colored red. What a thing just to give to somebody. Just to yeah. give. It's not like, even yours right? to give. Yeah, so I guess she laughs it off. Like, my boyfriend gave it to me. I don't need it. Here you go. Like, no, no, no. And he wouldn't give it away for free, right? So he gets this nice pickup truck just doing some handiwork for her. Naturally, she asks him if he can do another job. Oh, God. Build a special box. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. So this box is six feet by three feet by two feet. So six feet long, pretty sure like three feet probably wide and then like a height of two feet. If I'm, that's how I put it together yeah. in my brain. Um, Woodshop is not my specialty, but that's where we're at. 
Uh, she claimed it was to be used for books and other items. Uh-huh. Just, you know, I got to hide away my collection. In a box. In a box. A weird, <laughs> weird box. Because bookshelves <laughs> don't exist in the 80s. I know, right? <laughs> uh, once completed, Dorothea actually asked Flores if he can take the filled box to a storage unit. Because he has the truck. Like, oh, hey, while you're at it, while you're at it, yep. Okay. Uh, They nailed it shut. Yeah. Wait, so they nailed it shut? Yeah. So So did he ever No, she nailed it, like, she nailed it shut, and then, like, he loaded it into the car. So it was already, like, nailed shut when he got it. So that's suspicious in itself. Yeah. Um, But as they are headed down the highway, she tells him to stop and throw it in the river instead. And he says, yes. He obliges. Yeah. She's like, oh, it's just junk, I guess. Like, it makes no sense. Why would you do that? I don't know if maybe he knew more. He had to have because... But he he also stops appearing altogether in the story. He's done. His name is not mentioned again. Yeah, he knows more then because he's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Something, yes. This crazy old lady about to kill me next? Yes. (laughs) So it's so... He just... He takes the truck and he's gone. Um... So, by January of 1986, a fisherman actually discovers that wooden box. He opens it because he thinks it's really suspicious and immediately calls the police. When they open the box, they discover the decomposed remains of an elderly man. Uh-huh. Who do you think that elderly man was? Well, the owner of the red truck. Everson Gilmouth. Poor Everson. You know, he picked you up from prison, lady. So, the thing is, though, he won't be identified for three years. The whole entire time, he's just John Doe. Whatever. Because decomp was so bad? Yeah, I guess there was no way to identify him. He, it, There were no evidence. There was nothing. They just found this. That It happens. <clears throat> so How did they figure it out, though, eventually, then? We'll, we'll get there. Okay, okay. Yep, yep. Uh, so during that time, Dorothea is collecting on his pension. <sighs> She's writing letters to his family explaining his absence and continues to run her boarding house. Wow. So that is basically how she's doing it. Is she is saying like, oh, they're still alive because she's taking care of them. A lot of these people didn't have visitors. They didn't have family that yeah. were, you know, if it was, it was sending a letter. So she would do all of that so that she could collect on this pension without actually having to take care of somebody. Because mm-hmm. that costs money. Uh, so Dorothea was actually liked by a lot of the social workers because she would not turn down the so-called rough cases. This would be the abusive and alcoholic tenants usually. The people that, you know, other boarding houses were like, no, no, I don't want to really mess with that. Um, other boarding houses would, of course, turn them away, would turn them away, but not Dorothea. She did not discriminate if you had the funds. Of course. Yep. And think about those, like, troubled tenants. They probably definitely don't have family that are coming to visit them. Uh-huh. They're put, like, Yeah. So, it said the ages of her tenants ranged from late 50s to the 80s. Uh, Basically, anyone in, like, that pension age who is collecting assistance or any of that kind. So, lowly or old. Uh, Dorothea would collect all male arriving at the home. This way, she could allocate all the funds. She would give the tenants an allowance of their own money and pocket the rest. Why are these people's... What? She told them it was for expenses. It costs this much and this much and this yeah, much to run the house. So gullible. I don't know. All these people are always so gullible. I it's know. Like, 
I, I don't, I don't People know. People don't think this is weird. This is not what happened. It's not like we're in the freaking 1800s. We're like in the 80s and 90s now. Yeah. I, she did it and she's, she's Jesus. conniving. Um, oh. so due to her past run-ins with the law, um, she was being visited by her parole officer mm-hmm. regularly. Okay. The agreement was that Dorothea was not to be working around the elderly or handling government checks. She was clearly doing both, but never violated. So they just didn't find out somehow. They just, yeah, their checks must not have been, or they knew and they just ignored it. Because she's running this, she's literally doing what she's not supposed to be doing. She's running the elderly and she's collecting their checks. Yeah. Yeah. What the heck, man? Um... Yeah, I think she also, like, heavily drugged these people, too, so that they weren't really in their right minds. That's probably how she was able to collect their checks, too. You know, she would keep them on some type of medicine that would keep them, like, sleepy. It's a boarding house. You don't give me pills. You don't ingest them and you give me. Yeah, but they're, like, elderly. A lot of these boarding houses were holding, like, becoming kind of like nursing homes in a way. So a lot of the elderly were there. And then people who couldn't, like, really take care of themselves. Because she started as a nursing aide, mm-hmm. and then it moved into a boarding house. Okay. So I think she was handling, like, their meds. So neighbors mm-hmm. of Dorothea only became suspicious when a homeless man called Chief started hanging around the property. It is said that he had alcoholic tendencies, and the duties he was performing as a handyman were kind of strange. He's really disheveled, like a homeless man, and he's just hanging around Dorothea's house, just like doing odd jobs. If I'm your neighbor, I'm definitely gonna be peeking out my window, wondering what the fudge is going on with this. Like, it's super weird. Um, Neighbors report seeing Chief moving piles and piles of dirt and rubbish up from the basement before pouring a brand new concrete floor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Convenient, huh? Yeah. Mm hmm. Neighbors also report that Chief removed a uh, garage. It was like a shed-type garage in the backyard just to pour another concrete slab. Oh. Weird, okay. right? Why would you remove that and then just pour another slab? Yeah. Like, hmm, special. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, with all of the work after it was completed, no one ever saw Chief again, and he's not mentioned again. He just disappears. Just disappears. What in the world? I wonder what happened to him. I I don't know, but it people disappearing is really common around Dorothea. Dorothea. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, there is going to be a crack coming, but it seems like she's just getting away with all of it. Um, By November of 1988, there has been some strange happenings. Uh, going on, people are disappearing, but nothing is really brought to the police's attention. You know, Chief just kind of disappears. They're doing weird things at that Dorothea Puente's house. But nothing really is like radar, radar, radar mm-hmm. on her. This is until the disappearance of Albert Montoya. Okay. Yep. Little Wait. princess bride. Indigo. Indigo Montoya. You killed my father. Tu mataste mi padre. That's literally in parentheses, Princess Bride. Um, so this um, fella, he was a tenant at the F Street home and suffered from schizophrenia and had developmental disabilities. Oh. So yeah, he 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 needed care, mm-hmm. you know. Unfortunately, um, right away his social worker was really suspicious, and attention automatically went to Dorothea because he went missing. Where is this guy? This is the last place that we saw him. So. 
his social worker being on the up and up really cracked the case. Really cracked it. Uh, So police get called to the property, and whilst searching around, they find a strange spot in the backyard where soil had been disturbed. So they're just there asking questions about the disappearance. They're like, yo, can we kind of look around? And she's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And then they see this weird... So they've got disturbed soil. They've got concrete pads. It's like, geez. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. They get permission to dig on the property, and they uncover the remains of 78-year-old Leona Carpenter. I'm surprised they got permission. Well, because... She gave, yeah. But after she gave it, she kind of was like, I'm going to go to the coffee shop while you're doing this. And she just kind of, like, goes to the coffee shop away. Well, duh. What is... I'm surprised she even said, this woman's weird and crazy. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. says, yeah, go ahead, and I just buried him there, but sure. I mean, unfortunately, they'd probably come back anyway with a search warrant. I mean, she probably well, yeah, didn't but... even think. She's probably like, uh, yeah, sure, go ahead. Um, <laughs> so a total of seven bodies would be discovered while investigating the property. Meanwhile, this bitch Dorothea decides to get the heck out of Dodge. So while the police are digging and she's like, I'm going to go get coffee, she runs. Uh-huh. She uh, flees to Los Angeles, which is roughly six hours south. Jesus. Which does afford her some time. For an old lady. How old is she now? Um, gosh. I'm just curious. I am not 100% sure. She looks sure. like she's got to be at least in her 70s. She kind of is prematurely aged a little bit. She's not that. She's like in her 60s here, I think. Okay. So she looks older, and that yeah. helps her out, because she is a bit more agile, but she looks granny. Yeah. You know, very, very granny. Um, <clears throat> so once in, Los, blah, 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 once in Los Angeles, she ends up meeting an older man. Pension age, of course. Oh, God. She got a type. She ends up meeting an older man <laughs> on arrival and stays with him for about five days. So she's trying to hide out. Lay low. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, um, he realizes that she's the woman that he's been seeing in all of the news reports. <sighs> wanted for murder in Sacramento. So this guy's well aware that there is an older woman wanted for murder. Well, no, he just finds out. Oh, but I thought... He... Like, he finds out a little bit later. Like, once he finds out, he turns her in. Mm-hmm. He's done with it. He's not giving it any time. Yeah. But... It, it's slow to be on the news because they are a little further apart. Okay. And then he sees her and then she go, he goes, oh, shit. And is like, mm-hmm. I'm turning her sorry ass in. Okay. Yep. So he's he's a good dude. Good on you, dude. Um, She's ultimately charged with nine total murders. Jeez. Everson Gilmouth, 77. Ruth Monroe, 61. Leona Carpenter, 78. Alberto Montoya, 51. Dorothy Miller, 64, Benjamin Fink, 55, James Gallup, 62, Vera Faye Martin, 64, and Betty Palmer, age 78. Good Lord, that's a lot of people for one one little old lady. Yeah, and to get away with. They did yeah. not find her until, like, all of these people were pretty much Yeah, they were gone. Yeah. So... Uh, the case does not go to trial until October of 1992. Uh, <laughs> the prosecution stated Dorothea used sleeping medication to sedate her victims, and then she suffocated them. She would then hire deplorable locals, deplorable, to bury the bodies, and she would continue cashing their checks. Wow. 
So that's probably Chief. Chief is burying her dead. Yeah. Yeah. Just so that she can cash in on their checks. Yeah. Without having to give them a portion or anything. I don't know how she thought or how long she thought she was going to get away from, like, with this (laughs) for. So, Prosecutor John O'Mara brought in 130 witnesses But at the end of the day, Dorothea Puente was only convicted on three of the nine charges. The jury just could not agree at all on this. Um, It stated that her grandmotherly disposition helped her because some jurors did not think she was capable of such heinous crimes. Yeah. But she's the one connection to all these people. literally deadlocked. They're deadlocked on this jury, and it's literally like, oh, but, but... But she looks like my grandma. She couldn't have done this. She did this. Oh, my God. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? They're nuts. buried on her property. Yes. Like, what the fuck? It, I mean, she does end up sentenced to life without parole. I mean, still, it does those have. But other people that. I know. Never got their justice because. Exactly. The jury decided uh-huh. to. Go based on looks. I know. Like, go with the evidence. They're obviously yeah. buried there. If you go to your picture document, you will see one of the unearthed. Was this from the cement pad? This was just dug in the ground. I can't remember which one exactly Well, I'm it just was. curious because I, I, it, you can't tell that it's a body. It looks like it's stone. So I was wondering if this was something that they had poured cement over because it looks like I it's a body in cement. Open. Hold on. No, it's like wrapped in a sheet with it's dirt. Been- yeah, it just looks like the sheet is really frigid. It looks more like cement to me. It's strange. It is, yeah. But that is what they uncovered. Yeah, no, that's a sheet. Huh. Yeah, so um, she lived out the rest of her life in prison until she died of natural causes on March 27th of 2011 at age 20, 82. Not 22, 82. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's a pretty crazy story just the fact that she almost got away with it. Like with that deadlock jury, like who knows what could have been the outcome. I know, and just like we say, she looks so much older. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. <laughs> like and the she jury said. <laughs> and that was in nineteen ninety two. By twenty eleven she was only eighty two. Yeah. So yeah, she's like in her sixties here and just looks grandmotherly. Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Some folks uh, say her spirit is attached to the F Street house and still lurks in the shadows. Uh, given the fact that murder and burial happened in that building and around that building, like, I'm sure there's there's something still there. Do you know, is it like a museum now or do people live there? Yep. Um it is privately owned, so people bought it. I don't know if they're opening it for tours yet, but yeah. they have, like, decorated it with, like, funny, like, true crime shower curtains. And, like, they're doing fun things with the building. Um, but there is a report, apparently, when it was rented out after, um, there's an elderly woman who lived in the lower part of the house, and she said that she felt a presence in the room where she slept every night. And one time she saw the spirit of an elderly woman who she presumes is Dorothea. She described the spirit as having a smile on her face, but she wasn't smiling in her eyes. But Dorothea died in 2011. Yeah. Right? This is after that. 
So it was still being rented out all the way into 2011? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And someone bought it. Like, it's someone's house. They live in it. It's not like a museum. Right, right, right. I got that part. But before that, you said it was being rented out. And I'm just surprised that a rental agency would be allowed to. Well, I don't know if it was rented. They might have, like, lived in it. But this is just a story from an old lady who just lived there. And this was, so, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. So, that was, where we found it was on Ghost Adventures. Uh They did an episode, and I never knew who she was or what this even was. Um, it's a pretty good episode. I think they get some good, good evidence on it. I didn't go into that, but you can watch it. Season 13, episode five. Um, mainly just about the serial killer portion of it today, though. Yeah. Because it's just crazy how she just did it for so long and got away with it for a while. And these poor older people. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and just to collect pension checks, like, come on, lady, come on. Seriously. You couldn't have done anything different. Go be a crossing guard at the school. You literally have to work two times per day for 15 minutes. I know. It doesn't make any sense. But, you know, she saw the boarding house as an opportunity. She took that opportunity and I mean, she could have just kept running it as a brothel. She could have just done it in the right way and not done it by running it off of some dude's check that she was cashing in on. Yeah, but she got caught for that brothel. Brothels aren't. Legal in most places. So she pretty well got caught. I'd rather her do the brothel than sit there killing old people. Well, I think what she saw was that like that stuff wasn't working. She kept getting caught for it. So she had to like, and still, I mean, she still got caught for this too. She's not a mastermind by any. any Go ahead and dig. (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead and dig. See you later. She's like, I'm just gonna run. I'm gonna run. You're gonna get caught, lady. Yeah. We have pictures of you. Jesus. Yeah, so that's Dorothea Puente, the granny serial killer. She's just, she's crazy in, like, this goofy way. Like, you're you're crazy, lady. Like, she literally is, yeah. 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 And no, I mean, she literally just had bodies just buried in her yard. Yeah. She didn't have any, I don't even think she had a plan for what she was going to do. She just started doing it. Yeah. It's. And so, like, her hair is grayish, white, pretty mm-hmm. much whitish. And then she looks very young in the eyes. And then it gets to the cheeks and those start to sag like a more, like an older woman. Yeah. And then the chin doesn't look too old. So she, I could see where her real age is, but then the rest of it just really gets this grandma, like she really does yes. look older, even though you can tell, like even like this, you can tell that she's, and her eye is younger, but then there's, like, this and this. And I was like, geez, weird. She's a curious case of Benjamin yeah. Buttoners. Right? I mean, she might have been around, like, closer to 70, probably, when she yeah. got caught. But, and that's obviously this picture. So. But still, I mean, she looks very grandmotherly. Yeah. And it helped her case. Fucking jury, seriously. Yeah. Let's judge the book by your cover. I guys. know. I know. Even though, you know, they're they're unearthing seven dead bodies. Eight they're dead a bodies. jury. They're not supposed to think uh, in terms of looks like that. No. No, not at all. Like you're not you supposed can't, to have bias. You're not, you can't be like, oh, but she looks like my grandma. Okay. Yeah. Like, you need to go with the evidence that we are bringing to you. Yeah. So, everybody, if you ever 
are on jury duty don't just be like oh they don't look like they can do it so they're innocent exactly and if you do say that then you should be dismissed yeah you should just decide not to do jury day yeah duty that day (laughs) (laughs) jury day (laughs) jury day so yeah that's 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 it well that was a that was a ride yeah, it's a short little one because she's doing a lot. A lot in a short time. Under the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like not being found out. So it's not like bodies are being turned up and then people are searching for them. Yeah. It's literally just this one guy goes missing. They find the disrupt earth. Bam. Mm-hmm. Bodies. Cemetery. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's not. She doesn't look too disappointed with herself either. I don't think she was. In this picture. No. No, I don't think she was. She's bonkers. She's crazy. Yep. I mean, she did have that rough upbringing. She had, you know, tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. But, you Everybody know, has a lot of people, people have, like, horrible yeah. tragedy that, yeah, you know. That doesn't make them serial no. killers. Like, no. No. Let's you just turn make our murder. own money. Yeah. Make our own money. We don't need, you know. Yeah. Should have sold feet pics, Dorothea. Yeah. Get your OnlyFans up there, girlfriend. I know. OnlyFans 80s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, so, God. Well. That's a true crime freaky Friday for ya. Okay. Well, we're going to have another one soon, I believe. Yeah. So make sure that you, you know, go follow us where you can. Yeah. Make like, sure. Share, subscribe. Yeah. We have the YouTube you go to YouTube, type in More Than Murder in the search box. Yep, we're on all the podcast listening apps. All of them. All of them. And where else are we? We are on Facebook at More Than Murder. Twitter at More Than Underscore Murder. And Instagram at More Than Murder Pod. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can also join us live every free Friday. Tonight, we're going to go live. Yay! And you can come talk to us and chat, and we get a little weird, and it's okay. We are always just a little weird. Right at the end. Yeah. Sometimes and if it was really long, then it's halfway through, so. Or that, yeah. Or maybe we're just <laughs> having a weird day, because I'm always weird, so <laughs> if Jenna's having a weird day, then uh, it's just going to be weird from the beginning, yeah. so. So, it's all right. Um, and then, if you have any other comments or show ideas, we'd really like to hear from you. Do you personally know this story? Let us know. You can email us at morethanmurderpod at gmail.com. Email us at the Gmail. Mail at the Gmail. Mail at the Gmail. Uh, yeah, and then we also, like, post pictures and stuff on, like, our website and blog. So you can read about the case. You can look at our sources. Read about the case. Look at Dorothea's young but old face. Yeah, let us know what you think about that. <laughs> let us know. Um, and that's morethanmurderpod.com. Okay, well, you guys have a good weekend. We out of here. Bye. Bye. I love you.